Coming up on podcast 1908, Rivian expands their own charging network, Europe hits a massive 20% EV share, and the Ionic 5 gets improvements. Stick around. Welcome to a new Patreon producer, John W. Now, John, that's how it came through my end as the kind of creative platform of Patreon. If you'd like your full name, or maybe you're happy with just John W., then let me know, and I can do that on tomorrow's podcast. Thank you so much for your support. It's how we get this show on the air. It's how I pay my bills. And you can be a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Get the podcast ad-free and other benefits. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world, EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information for Thursday 21st of September. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. Live at 5pm UK, midday Eastern, but Patreon supporters get the shows as soon as I've finished and edited them and uploaded to the the platform, and they're ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. Well, I'll kick off with what is undoubtedly for my UK listeners. Well, actually, I saw this breaking news around the world on CNN and Fox and all that kind of stuff because um, yesterday our Prime Minister decided to roll back the net zero and environmental policies upon which they put in their manifesto back in 2019 and also not really allowed to do that because we have a parliamentary system. So any massive changes of policy he's meant to take to Parliament. Um, We don't have a presidential system. He can't just stand up and make speeches. Uh, And yet he did. So there's all sorts of fallout from that. I think he could well face some consequences, but decided to very, very strangely um, move back a bunch of the environmental promises they'd made. Now, one of those was the petrol and diesel car ban uh, of 2030, which never was a petrol and diesel car ban. Now, it, you know, it, it really did make all of that. I can't tell you if you're not in this country, how much of the news cycle yesterday, I mean, it just blew the back doors off of all the media coverage yesterday, all the news reports in the evening. The 2030 ban has been moved back by five years to fall in line with the EU. Well, uh, yeah, but it was never a ban. They talked about cars from 2030 having a significant amount of battery capacity to go zero emissions and then just have you know combustion for long journeys and things like that. So in other words, plug-in hybrids as a minimum. But the government had never set the minimum number of miles or kilometres that they had to do. It was all very wishy-washy. And so moving it back by five years, I don't think it really matters. I know that's a controversial thing to say when everybody and their dog yesterday told you on the news reports that this was an utter disaster. Now, look, he also rolled back green targets, targets for house builders to have better insulation. We've got the leakiest houses in Europe, and yet they scrapped a bunch of stuff that I think is really, 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 really bad. Um, I won't get into it now. It was a ridiculous political move. Uh, To give you some background, by the way, for my international listeners, um, our current government, uh, anywhere between you know, 18 and 25, 30 points behind their opposition, the Labour Party. And I live in the bluest of blue areas in Poole in Dorset. Now, in rural Dorset, it goes a bit yellow sometimes. It's mostly blue, but a bit yellow, which is Lib Dems. Um, We have multi-party system, not really a coalition system like Germany, but it's mostly two-party with some others. And... um, but here I am in pool. It's as blue as blue gets. And it, it, uh, and I'm meeting people who are saying that they're going to vote Labour just to get the current lot out. They're still Tory voters, but they're going to vote tactically for Labour to clear out this terrible government because they're just all a bunch of clowns and to, to kind of revitalise the party, which they still support. And, you know, when people are saying that round here, it's just going to be a disaster. So 
This was a political move to try and find any political traction for the election next year from people who don't like electric cars. You and I know it's misguided, but uh, the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak sparked backlash amongst pretty much everyone. All of the general public saying it's ridiculous. All of the major car makers arguing that the delay disrupts supply chains and impedes the shift towards green transport. Kia, uh, which has plans to roll out nine pure electric cars uh, by the middle of the decade here in the UK, said it was disappointing. Volkswagen weighed in, stressing the need for clear and consistent regulatory frameworks that include concrete targets. Ford, we'll get to them in a minute, Ford gave our government an absolute kicking. I think the only, the only quote I saw yesterday uh, from someone saying that, you know, moving, you know, delaying green targets and, and promoting because uh, also part of it was also opening up new oil and gas exploration and um, it was a bunch of what I think is just helping out his mates in the oil and gas industry. Uh, the only statement I saw yesterday, Toyota. Toyota was the only voice in the whole automotive market uh, which had a different sentiment, uh, expressing support for the policy policy shift and the, uh, the move back towards combustion and um, oil and gas in this country. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you, I'm going to give you some reaction to this, and I'll tell you why, in a minute, I don't think any of it matters. And again, controversial, because I'm probably an outlier. Uh, Ford said this, and I quote, The UK 2030 target is a vital catalyst to accelerate Ford into a cleaner future. Our business needs three things from the UK. Ambition, commitment, and consistency. A relaxation undermines all three. Wow, Ford, guy, that's, a, that's a two-footed tackle right there. That's heavy. Uh, the uh, G- uh, Secretary General of the International Chamber of Commerce uh, said there's enormous frustration in the industry. The government's completely out of touch. Sustainability is not something we can avoid. I don't know a single company that isn't making it a priority. And that's the Secretary General of the Chamber of Commerce, the CEO of E.ON. This is a company that will sell you energy and old energy companies are moving into becoming new energy companies. Uh, Chris Norbury, the CEO of E.ON, said, and I quote, there is no green versus cheap debate. It's a false argument that only serves to delay the vital work of transforming our economy. It's a misstep. Companies want to invest in the UK and they need long-term certainty. We're risking condemning people to years of living in cold and drafty homes. And that's the CEO of E.ON. And, and that's very senior people all disagree with moving back these green targets. Uh, the RAC, obviously they work in the car industry. They say with the car industry confident, the UK car industry has always said it's confident about hitting 2030. Now moving it back, this is not a good moment to row back, said Steve Gooding from the RAC. Stellantis said clarity is required from the government on legislation. Uh, the CEO of the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders, Mike Hawes, said government must provide a clear and consistent message. Uh, rather than anxiety. And it just goes on and on. Ed Miliband, oh, okay, he's the opposition. He's the shadow climate and net zero secretary. He said it's a complete farce from a government that doesn't know what they're doing day to day. Uh, who else had uh, some comments on this? I saw the Green Party comment. I mean, you imagine what the Green Party would say on a rollback of green policies. Carla Denya said that Sunak, uh, Rishi Sunak, our Prime Minister, was throwing the entire country under the bus to chase a few votes from climate deniers. Wow, that's amazing. Even 
Tory MPs came out when this is, we didn't know this was being said and we uh, like their own party because they're all going to lose their jobs and their seats at the election next year Chris Skidmore said this is like when David Cameron promised to cut the green crap and we ended up sticking billions on people's bills because we blocked onshore wind that's true you got to remember that the conservative party this is the party that promised to cut the green crap wow this is interesting actually sir david king sir david king pointed out it was the day before the un general assembly where climate was the critical topic and the uk chose not to attend and decided to snub the uk general assembly's first day but said instead give a speech on delaying the green targets and so it goes on and on ford one of the biggest i, I the ford one was huge uh, there's a an organization that represents all the charging companies over here called charge uk they represent about six billion six and a half billion pounds of investment from all the various infrastructure companies uh, they said it was an absolute disaster it just goes on and on and there's nobody that thinks rolling back green targets was a good idea well, apart from toyota even the old prime minister who got booted out for having parties during covid boris johnson who is clown number one said it was a terrible idea for the uk to move back ev targets the only person that was a good idea i think apart from toyota was liz truss now she was a prime minister that we had for five minutes uh, who tanked our economy and doubled people's mortgages so uh, <laughs> what does this say our current prime minister of course he'll be out of a job next year when they lose uh, rishi sunak does anyone any of my uk listeners remember an 80s or 90s early Harry Enfield. This was Harry Enfield and Chums. It was a Harry Enfield TV show. There was a character on that called Tim Nice But Dim. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, bloody nice chap, yeah, yeah, but had nothing going on up there. That's who Rishi Sunak reminds me of. His wife is a billionaire, or his wife's daddy is a billionaire. He doesn't live on planet you and me. And he's like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, like totally going to totally like get rid of green stuff. That's who it reminds me of. So um, let me tell you why moving back the 2030 target doesn't matter for electric vehicles. Because we're well on our way. And that's why it doesn't matter for you and I. It matters for car makers, I know, because they're investing in its jobs. And I know that if you're spending money, and if I was a CFO, I wouldn't be saying this. If I was spending my own money, I wouldn't be saying it. But I do talk about electric vehicles every day. This is my job now. So this is, this is my living. I'm not worried about it at all. Doesn't make me angry. Doesn't make me annoyed. Doesn't make me frustrated. Doesn't matter. Because we're well on our way. Doesn't matter because they won't be in charge in a year's time and the new the Labour government will just put all these targets back in. But more importantly, it doesn't matter because we're on our way. We're on our way with electric vehicles. And I know this because I talk to you about it day in, day out. Countries around the world are moving to EV. All the car makers, apart from some, are moving to EV. And we know it's happening. It's not up for debate anymore. It's happening so quickly. And I, I give you examples day in, day out on this podcast. So our Prime Minister can try and win some votes by moving back 2030 to 2035. It doesn't matter. Wow, I can't believe we did 10, 12 minutes on that news uh, that I sort of brushed off yesterday, even though everybody else lost their mind um, about it. Happy to be an outlier, by the way. What do I know? Probably nothing. Hey, we'll take a quick break then, uh, as we had a good old discussion. And the next few stories will all be about why... I'm not worried about what idiot politicians do. We're on our way. Stick around. Those stories are on the way next. Oh, I can't believe I did so long on a silly story about silly politicians. I'm really sorry about that. Hopefully you found it useful, though. I thought I'd do two or three minutes on it, but there we go. Uh, let's talk a little bit about tipping points and why 
tipping points matter? Because I told you recently, the United States has reached a significant milestone. In the last quarter, EVs made up 5% of all new car sales. Pure EVs, more than 5% of all new car sales. 7% in the previous, uh, which was the most recent month. But on the quarter, it was more than 5%. And when you get to that number, the figures will skyrocket. According to uh, potentially, you know, 80% of new car sales by the end of the decade in the United States could be pure EV. And lots of people can't wrap their head around it. But let me remind you of situations like Norway. A year ago, they hit 5%. Sorry, 10 years ago, they hit 5%. Now, it's 90% cars are uh, have a plug socket on, and at least 80% is pure EV. Public opinion then starts to shift when you get to that 5 7% number. Over a third of Americans say that EVs are far better for doing your daily driving. And the majority, 60%, say that EVs are better for the climate, 70% better for the air pollution in American towns and cities. Last August, uh, last month rather, it was a milestone for EVs here in the European Union. I say here, we're not in it anymore, but in the European Union, for the first time, electric cars, fully electric cars, was more than 20% of new cars sold, 21% according to the European Automobile Manufacturers Association. The data showed not just a gradual increase, but a surge in EV, pure EV adoption sales, more than doubling compared to August of last year to 165,000 pure EVs in August alone on Europe's roads. And the momentum is strong. One million EVs sold in the EU in the first eight months of this year alone. Diesel was once the go-to choice. It was 50% of all all car sales. 50% of the EU sales of cars was diesel in 2015. Now it's just 12% and dropping off a cliff. The Netherlands is making significant strides in EV adoption. Plug-in cars are 45% of new sales last month in August. And full EVs, 33% of all new sales. Now, Netherlands isn't the world's biggest car market. There was about 12,500 plug-in registrations in the month of August. So... It's not like Germany or France or the UK, but still, it's it's an interesting market to look at, much like Norway. It's the tipping point. You get to five, you get to seven, it hits 15, 20, 30, and it just takes off. Now, there are some potential spanners in the works. EU countries are pushing to ease the new Euro 7 regulations because they want to just slow things down a little bit. They're looking at what's happening here in the UK. And some of those member states like France and Italy are arguing that their car industries are struggling at the minute against Chinese uh, manufacturers coming in and uh, that they are struggling too much to meet the new Euro 7 emissions regulations. But uh, we'll see. I know that the CEO of Stellantis, Carlos Tavares, has said that it would hurt smaller vehicles. But, um, well, that, we'll get a position on that next week when they start to do that Euro 7 emissions negotiations. Day six of the UAW strike today, and Stellantis extended a proposal. Uh, Detroit's big three automakers are also all talking to the UAW, the workers' union. Concurrent but separate negotiations are ongoing with 4GM and Stellantis. UAW President Sean Fain has warned of more strikes from tomorrow unless substantial progress is made, uh, he says. GM has ruled out reintroducing pensions, they said. They already do a 6.4% match, which they think is uh, is generous enough. And I think, you know, compared to the jobs that I've had, 6% pension match is, uh, that's 
I've had five, I've had eight. My wife works in the NHS, so that's a bit more uh, generous. GMs that they simply cannot agree to paying everybody who in, in the union uh, to do a uh, to pay them for forty hours to work for thirty two hours, as it were, a thirty two hour work week with forty hours worth of pay. And uh, GM said that if they agreed to the current position of the UAW, the average salary on a production line would be $150,000. Again, I'm sure things are being said. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I mean, I, it, it, really, I, I can't be true. Like You can't get 150 grand to work on a car production line. So, I mean, maybe they're inflating that or adding all the benefits together. The workers absolutely should get more money. Uh, they've had a raw deal since the financial crisis, uh, and they point out that uh, CEO pay has outperformed what they uh, their, their their possible pay rises. But I think uh, lots of the EVs were churned out before the strikes. By the way, so I think for my US listeners, if you want to go buy an electric vehicle, there is EV stock at the minute. If this rumbles on for weeks and months, it will start to hit stock levels. Uh, but they were they have been building them up on purpose, knowing that we were heading into a period of negotiations. Let's talk about some cars themselves then. Woo! Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Hyundai Ionic 5, getting some updates. A new Wi-Fi hotspot is now standard. If you activate Hyundai Blue Link, uh, you get haptic feedback for lane change and lane keep assist and blind spot in the steering wheel, I think. You also get the... Um uh, you get an option of the digital rear view mirror on the limited trim. This is for my US listeners, by the way. And in terms of pricing, it's all about $200 more than the current Arnic 5. So the SE rear wheel drive standard range starts at $42,985. Other end of the scale, the limited trim all wheel drive goes up to $58,855. That's a $750 hike on the current prices. The small battery, 58 kilowatt hour, is available in one trim SE standard range, which is not always the case for the US sold vehicles. You can get the small battery if you want it. Otherwise, they all come with the big 77.4 kilowatt hour battery, 303 miles of range on the rear wheel drive. Moving on, Rivian's unveiling their 50th fast charging station going live near Michigan. It's the Rivian Adventure Network near Mackinac City, the 50th location. It's near the Canadian border, convenient for those travelling US-Canada journeys, but also those to head, heading to places like the Newberry State Forest area. Uh, the station, the Rivian Adventure Network, the station is the latest to include six plugs there, 200 kilowatts, but, of, but possible to have more than 200 kilowatts uh, when Rivian moved to 800 volt architectures for the R2 vehicles, we think, and the next-gen R1s as well. And Rivian going NAX, North American charging standard, but for now, putting CCS on those. Here in Europe, Shell is investing in X-Charge. A successful Series B round in 2021 was their first investment, and now investing more money in X-Charge. They make battery-integrated fast-charging stations, and that's going to help expand their work, their development centre in Hamburg, production line in Texas. And since 2015, X-Charge has been moving forward with their 400 kilowatt, I think it's 420 kilowatt, DC fast chargers with battery storage on board. 
couple more stories. Massachusetts is ramping up their climate efforts by offering $3,500 rebates on used EVs, which is brilliant. The new initiative aligns with the state's strategy to have 300,000 zero-emission cars on the roads by 2025. Effective from September the 1st, buyers can use the rebate instantly as a down payment at dealerships, uh, or money off the hood, or get a check within 90 days post-purchase. If you bought an EV any time from November 10 last year through to August 8 this year, uh, there is also a deadline to apply for rebates as well. Hybrids are out of the picture. The price is $40,000 or less on a used EV, but my listeners in Massachusetts can hopefully get some more money off a vehicle. And the BYD Dolphin. It's a compact EV from China, now hitting the Japanese market. The second passenger EV offering in the country after the Atto 3. The Dolphin comes in two versions, 45 kilowatt hour battery or 58.5 kilowatt hour battery. And pricing starts at an equivalent of 24,000 US dollars, 3.6 million yen, by the way. The Dolphin is gaining traction. They sold 30 3,000 of them last month in August in China. That's about a 40% increase on the same month last year. So people are loving that small compact SUV sort of styling, compact EV. I would say like almost almost Chevy Bolt size is the BYD Dolphin. Great price on that, of course, as well. That's your podcast for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, premium partners of the show are Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village and Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good one, see you tomorrow, and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. Hi.